0: You're listening to the British Ice Hockey Podcast. Available every week on Audio Boom, the iTunes Store and from britishicehockey.co.uk. Hello and welcome to this week's British Ice Hockey Podcast. I'm your host Ben and coming up on this week's show, we're going to be looking back at all last weekend's results in the Elite Ice Hockey League and the Challenge Cup. We're also going to be talking the National Ice Hockey League as well as we're going to be joined by the Leeds Chiefs. We've got the Chieftains of Chelmsford joining us as well. And we're going to be talking Netminders and the Guildford Phoenix. Plus, later in the show, we're going to be joined by Ice Hockey UK to take a look at the international game. All of that and loads more on this week's British Ice Hockey Podcast. So, Hello everybody and welcome to this week's British Ice Hockey Podcast. Loads of interviews coming up on this week's show. We're going to be joined by Ice Hockey UK's media man Chris Ellis to talk about the international game for both the men's and women's GB sides uh, later. Uh, We're also going to be joined uh, by the head coaches at the Guildford Phoenix and at Chelmsford And we're going to be talking about the National Ice Hockey League National Division as we're going to be joined by uh, the welcome return of player head coach at the Leeds Chiefs, Sam Zajac, who will be joining us on this week's show as well. Uh, But before that, it's to last weekend's results in the Elite Ice Hockey League. And on Tuesday, I caught up with BritishIceHockey.co.uk's very own, here's Mr Craig Anderson. Uh, Craig, a big thank you for joining us. And, uh, well, what a weekend we've just had uh, in British Ice Hockey. First things first, before we get to the results... We, strangely, and it is a bit strange, we had a lot more exposure for the sport over the weekend. I mean, what happened? I, I, I mean, you, you were doing interviews and all kinds of stuff. What, what's, what's been going on?
3: Well, it's quite simply the, the signing of a former football goalkeeper, a man who's won the Champions League and the English Premier League um, on numerous occasions, has decided to dip his toe into professional ice hockey. And that's, what, a, what a great exposure it's been for the sport in seeing uh, Peter Cech sign for, for Guildford Phoenix in NHL two in the West Division, um, you couldn't believe it. The, the, the amount of coverage the sport was getting was incredible. I was invited on a couple of radio stations to talk about it, um, and it's been like that ever since. He made his debut at the weekend. You know, of course, he, he saves the. Um, the penalty shot that wins in the game as well, so there's a bit of a hero status on him already.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it's always good when when they actually turn out to be good uh, good players as well. That that's that's good. Uh, but yes, uh, quite quite a coup for for Guildford Phoenix. I mean, we're going to be hearing from them on on this week's show. Um, I mean, it's 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 a balancing act, isn't it? But but clearly, you know that that kind of exposure, you can't really turn your nose your nose up at, it, can you?
3: You definitely can't, you know one of the things I've been banging the drum for for years while I've been working in the sport is the lack of mainstream me- media coverage that ice hockey doesn't get. When you consider the crowds that it pulls in, the interest that it has on, on social media, the following it has, and yet for some reason you know, the, the media takes a blind eye to it. I remember Pete Russell, um, after the sports personality of the year, the GB coach, had a pop at the BBC for not even mentioning the fact that the GB had, had reached the, the top division Um Last year, he was clearly annoyed by that. And rightly so, I think it's a great achievement. And yet, for some reason, ice hockey is, is, is very, very overlooked. And, and yet, Peter Check turns up. Next thing you know, you, you can't move for Sky Sports cameras and BBC coverage and Guardian columns and the like. But it's a good thing. Don't get me wrong, it's a very, very good thing. And it's great to see. And, and long may it continue.
0: Yes, absolutely. And uh, well done for the Coventry Blaze uh, for... for um, how can I put <laughs> this? Um For... For doing the right thing on the internet over the weekend, uh, congratulations. Anyway, uh, right, let's, uh, <laughs> let's talk about uh, the, the other main talking point from the weekend and that is the fact that, that Craig Anderson of britishicehockey.co.uk commentated on a thriller on Saturday night and yet on Tuesday still has a voice. Uh, Glasgow clan, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> the season's getting better isn't it? Uh, and uh, a, great, a great doubleheader win there over Belfast over the weekend.
3: Yes, uh, great weekend for, for the clan. I, I think maybe some of it can be put down to Belfast being profligate in front of goal. They just couldn't buy um, any more goals than what they got. But again, coupled with that, the great form of Patrick Colleen and the, the clan net. How he didn't win a Man of the Match award this weekend escapes me. But, you know, there's that many players on, on top form. Um, it really was a hard one to pick. One uh, clan fan actually tweeted that they would uh, streak through Sower the, the separate building to the Brayheader Complex, Um, if Colleen didn't get man of the match on Saturday, needless to say Chad Rowe got it, thankfully this person didn't streak through sore, I think we're grateful for that, but uh, no just typifies just how good a mood there is at the club right now and Zach Fitzgerald, he keeps saying the guys are making him look good, but I would say he's making the guys look good as well. It's a, it's a great partnership at the moment.
0: Yes, absolutely. So back-to-back uh, back back wins for, for the clan uh, on Saturday in the Challenge Cup and then on Sunday uh, afternoon in the Elite Ice Hockey League. And uh, there was loads of results uh, from the Elite Ice Hockey League over the weekend. Um, you've put in five things we've learnt from this past week, that, that Nottingham Panthers won't be winning the Elite League this season. Um, I mean, Guildford Flames beating them by six goals to two, on Saturday five Flyers beating them by four goals to one or on Sunday it has been a bit of a tricky start for the, the Nottinghamshire club
3: it, it's, it really is and you know I don't, think I, I don't think I'm exactly putting my neck on the line by saying that Panthers have been quite poor this year you know I'm not going to name the player I spoke to who played against them recently and, and he says it's the worst Panthers team he's come, he's come up against and um, which is quite a statement when you consider Panthers have always been a very strong team they've always had really top end players but for some reason this year Certainly, according to this player, um, they're, they're nothing like that, perhaps a shadow of the former selves. Um, you just need to see what happened on Saturday. They were they were ahead in the game against Guildford. They were 2-1 up going into the last 10 minutes. Next thing you know, they, they've lost five goals in those last 10 minutes and Guildford have romped them by, by six goals to two. And then they go to Fife, a team hurting on the back of a, a heavy 10-3 loss to the Sheffield Steelers on Saturday. Um, so, in many respects, you would expect a reaction from Fife, but you would also expect a reaction from Panthers um, on the back of that, that result in Guilford as well. And it just didn't come. Five winning 4-1 um, seemingly quite comfortably. And the Panthers at the moment just don't know where they are. I, I put in one of the, the blogs this week, it's hard to know what, what to do with Panthers right now. Um, they can't bin a coach so early in the season. You can't put it solely down to Tim Wallace. Guys aren't performing. They've made a couple of changes already. A couple of guys have, have moved on as things currently stand. So where do you go with them? You know, you can't make wholesale changes so early in the season. There's still time for it to click. Um, but it's really not going well for them right now. And I think the, the fans are, are rightfully quite annoyed.
0: No, I'm not rubbing this in, Nottingham fans, but it's uh, it's a complete opposite situation at the Sheffield Steelers. Um, that's a red rag to a bull right there, isn't it, what I've just done? Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I mean even Aaron Fox coming on the show last week didn't put them off. I mean, a, a great two results for them over the weekend in the Elite League, uh, beating five Flyers by 10 goals to three on the road as well, we should say, uh, and then staying in Scotland on Sunday, uh, beating the Dundee Stars by six goals to three. That's that's a hell of an effort considering how, how ropey teams have been Um, on the road this season. I mean, they're two flawless away results, really.
3: Yeah, and I think that the Steelers are finally finding some rhythm to their play. They've made a couple of changes, like the Panthers, but I think it's changes that's benefited from them. We spoke before about having someone like Martin Sampierre come in who didn't really work out, so they replaced him with Lucas Sandstrom, and that seems to have made a difference to the team. It's maybe making the lines a bit more slicker. Aaron Fox has certainly been a lot more happier than what he's seen from his team recently. So, you know, if they can keep this form going, great. You know, they've always seen themselves as being up there and and looking to challenge Belfast and Cardiff. You know, two wins against the Panthers last week. Uh, two wins this week up in Scotland. It's all looking good, and that the foundations are certainly there for the Steelers.
0: Yes, and uh, just a, a couple of other results uh, we need to talk about. Uh, let's let's focus on the Coventry Blaze. Uh, they beat the Manchester Storm uh, by two goals to nil on on Saturday night uh, up in up at Old Uh and then on Sunday uh, they were beaten by the Cardiff Devils. We'll, we'll come to the, the Cardiff Devils in, in a second or two, but that's the, that follows up Cardiff's uh, Thursday night game uh, where they beat the Dundee Stars by eight goals to six. Um, Coventry you there with one win and a, and a defeat. Uh, what what do you what do you make of that one?
3: Uh well, a good a good away win um at Manchester Storm but again maybe that says more about Manchester and the way they're going right now for some reason they just can't click at the moment. Blaze are a little bit inconsistent at the moment. I think they're they're quite frustrating I think if Danny coach had, uh, Danny Stewart had here he'd be pulling out every week at seeing his team maybe do well one game and not so well the, the second game. But, you know, getting that victory in Manchester certainly helps them. It certainly gets them points on the board. They had that poor run at the start of the season. You know, it's just a matter of finding consistency. They've got a tough game coming up. Um, You know, a couple of tough games coming up this weekend. They go to Glasgow on Sunday for one. That's going to be a tough, tough trip for them. But, no, they'll be delighted at getting the victory in Manchester. Again, they were maybe looking to get something against Cardiff on Sunday. They've won twice at home against the Devils. So, they were maybe looking to, to stretch that to a third Not. Not so lucky in this case. Maybe the Devils are starting to awaken after one or two dodgy results recently. It's just hard to tell with teams like that. You just don't know what's going to turn up on the day and how they're going to perform
0: let's talk about the the devils then obviously uh, we're recording this on, on tuesday and um this evening um cardiff devils will be hosting uh, for lunder and um it's in the balance isn't it in group H? um so i feel like we should do one of those magic recordings where we 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 do different outcomes of this game and then i can I can put this out on <laughs> thursday no problem at all um but safe to say i mean the 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 champions hockey run that they've had has been sensational it would be a hell of a, a shot in the arm for the sport if, if they did manage to uh, leapfrog over, over Mountfield.
3: It would be incredible to, to see Cardiff uh, get over Mountfield and get themselves into the, the next round of the, the Champions Hockey League. Only one other British team's done that. That was the Nottingham Panthers, of course, a couple of seasons back. So for Cardiff, they're a team that I've, I've, I've learned about the, this level over the last couple of years. They've went out at the group stage, but they've, they've learned every time. They've improved every time as well. So, you know, a, a victory against Frolunda would be incredible and it wouldn't be the first time they've beaten a Swedish team at home an SHL side at home so they can do it they can certainly do it Andrew Lord's men have got the quality behind them they'll have the crowd behind them home advantage everything there for them to do it if they can do it magnificent it really would be quite quite something to, to enjoy for the home fans tonight and let's hope let's hope
0: they can reach that last sixteen. Yes, absolutely. And, uh, and just to, just to say as well, uh, a big good luck to to Belfast Giants. I nailed this pronunciation last week, uh, but I forgot how it's pronounced. Is it Lileo? or Lilio? I think it is Lileo, isn't it? I've been saying I've
3: been saying Lulea.
0: Lulea. Okay, you, you win, Craig. Uh, so uh, you know more about the Swedish language than I do. Uh, but yeah, uh, <laughs> a, a big good luck to Belfast Giants. They will have learned a lot from this campaign.
3: Definitely. Um, and, and it was always going to be a learning curve. You know, I think only really Liam Reddicks had a lot of experience in this competition. I worked out before the season started, I think. Collectively, they had 45 Champions Hockey League games between the entire team. Reddicks had 34 of them. Um, so that, that shows you who had all the experience in, in the line-up. He'll, he'll, have, uh, he'll have certainly helped them in that way, but you'll only learn these things as you go in Belfast. I think can take you know, a great deal of pride in how they've performed this year. Their, their crux seems to be getting away wins, which is something they've not been able to do this season. And they, they go away to, to Sweden tonight. It's a tall order. You know, L- Lalea, Um will be the favourites for it. They're already through. We can we can hope Belfast can finish with a bit of a flourish, but we'll have to wait and see. Yes. Uh,
0: what, just uh, other matches this week. Uh, on Wednesday, uh, after the show goes out, uh, Sheffield Steelers uh, hosting the Five Flyers. Uh, but on Saturday and Sunday, loads of league matches. Uh, we've got Dundee against Coventry, Cardiff against Nottingham. Belfast against the Storm. Fife against Guildford. And on Sunday, it's Nottingham against Cardiff. Uh, Belfast against uh, Manchester Storm um, again. Uh, Sheffield Steelers against Dundee Stars. Glasgow Clan against the Coventry Blaze, And the Guildford Flames against the Fife Flyers. Uh, what what are you most looking forward to there, Craig, in the league? <sighs>
3: Uh, I'm just looking down there. Just I couldn't remember Coventry's game on Saturday. I knew they had another game on Saturday before they came to Glasgow on Sunday. So that, yeah, that's going to be a tough one for them up in Dundee. And Dundee's league form hasn't been the best either. So that'll be quite interesting to see who comes out of that one on top. Um, Cardiff against the, the Panthers. Maybe not the best fixture for the Panthers to um, to look ahead to in, in their current form right now. And they play each other twice over the weekend as well. That could be very interesting.
0: Yes, absolutely. And uh, in the Challenge Cup, uh, just one match on Friday night, uh, Manchester Storm uh, against the Sheffield Steelers. And uh, then there's some midweek games next week, uh, which we'll cover off on next week's show. Uh, But just before we go, Craig, uh, for this bit of the show, uh, just a quick mention uh, for the the National Ice Hockey League and... uh, well, it's it's the inconsistencies are still there, and the goal scoring is is clearly still there. Uh, you've highlighted in the five things we've learned uh, about the Sheffield Steel Dogs. Uh, they were beaten by the Peterborough Phantoms on Saturday by four goals to one. Uh, and on Sunday, the Sheffield Steel Dogs beat Hull Pirates. You, you know, if you're going to win a game, you might as well win it like this, eight goals to seven. Um, <laughs> but uh, up at the top, we've got three teams on twelve points currently: Telford, Swindon, and Sheffield. Then Peterborough. And then uh, a, a plethora of teams. Uh, so, what, so what have you made of the past weekend in the in the National Ice Hockey League?
3: Yeah, well, I I suggested in the five things last week that Steel Dogs, you know, could could go on a really good run and and really you know forge ahead in the the, the national league. And of course, then they go and trip up in the first opportunity and, and losing to Peterborough. But no, the one thing that sticks out for me was Leeds Chiefs getting their first ever win uh, away at Raiders, uh, a four 0 win. Which doesn't quite lift them off the bottom of the table, it has to be said. But to get a shutout as well, a first ever shutout for them, and well done to Sam Gospel. He'll he'll forever be remembered as the man who got the, the club's first ever shutout. Um, James Archer getting a couple of goals, as did Adam Barnes. So that's a huge win for Leeds Chiefs. Bear in mind they're still weeks away from from coming home and and getting some home ice under them. So I think that's a really good uh, confidence boosting win for Sam's Ajax team. You know, and and it hopefully can only get better from there for them.
0: Yes, absolutely. A big congratulations uh, to Leeds. And uh, just before we go, Craig, just a quick plug for britishicehockey.co.uk uh, Loads of articles last week. Uh, what what can we expect this week?
3: I don't know. I'm still working on it. let's <laughs> 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 be honest. Stuff. <laughs> I should have a plan. I should have a plan by the time the podcast comes out. Put it that way.
0: Craig Anderson there from uk, speaking to us here on the British Ice Hockey podcast last Tuesday. Uh, some midweek results then that we didn't cover there. Sheffield Steelers uh, beat the five Flyers by four goals to one on Wednesday evening in the Elite Ice Hockey League. Sheffield Steelers' great run continues. Whilst in the CHL on Tuesday night, it was bad news uh, for the Cardiff Devils. They were beaten 9-2 uh, by, for Lunder. Uh But a big congratulations uh, to the Cardiff Devils for a cracking campaign and they've given the British game a real shot in the arm, uh, that's for sure with their performances this season. Also a big congratulations to the Belfast Giants however they were beaten uh, by Lalia on Tuesday evening by four goals to nil in Group C. So that's all the results uh, that we missed uh, speaking with Craig Anderson earlier. Uh, coming up now on the British Ice Hockey podcast we're going to be talking to some head coaches who've been making a bit of a splash um, this past week. Shortly we're going to be talking to the head coaches at the Leeds Chiefs and at Chelmsford Chieftains but before that there is only one place we can start and that's to the Guildford Phoenix. Obviously last week making a bit of a splash uh, with the national media as uh, Guildford Phoenix took on the Swindon Wildcats in Southwest West too and uh, Guildford Phoenix winning that game with Peter Cech making his debut in goal. And for more on this victory uh, for the Guildford Phoenix on Thursday I caught up with the head coach At the Phoenix, here's Andy Hemming.
4: Yeah, it was uh, absolutely brilliant. Obviously, you know, uh, we uh, were obviously with the second team in Guildford and it was nice just to play in front of a big crowd uh, and and, and the boys loved it and obviously getting the win in a shootout couldn't have uh, happened any better.
0: I mean, it was a, a a great win over a team who's who's obviously started well to the season. But it also, I, I know there's been a, a, a lot of exposure for for Guildford this past week. But but the start to the season has been pretty exceptional, especially for goals. I mean, 10, 10 in the opening weekend, sixteen the weekend earlier. You, you're not afraid to uh, find find the back of the net, are you?
4: Yeah, no. I I knew when uh, when I put this team together in in the summer that offensively was never going to be a problem um obviously you know in the previous two seasons that we started in nihl too you know we've we've always been able to score goals it's just drilling into them the, the defense side of the game and um everyone chipping in defensively
0: and uh, speaking of defensively that, that then takes us obviously to to, to peter check and and uh, him going in net and 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 saving in in that shootout as well i mean um how did all this come about
4: well, basically, obviously, Pet has been a, a fan of ours for a very long time. You know, uh, I think it was four years ago he got in touch about um, maybe with the possibility of coming down just to have a go. Um, and then obviously with this new role, because he retired from football and then he got a new role at Chelsea. Um, his schedules opened up for him to maybe play, in which obviously he did on Sunday and he got the big W.
0: I mean, how transferable are those skills? Because I think I think last week um, I used the example of Peter Schmeichel. Because obviously his his background's in in handball, uh, and uh, I suppose it's all the same, really, isn't it? It's all reaction speeds more than anything. His
4: his reactions is second to none. Obviously, you know, everyone's saying, oh, you know, because of his age, you know, it will not be that good. But you have got to think, you know, he's done it for twenty years, um, and 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 the goals a lot smaller in hockey. Um, I know, I know, we're playing with a puck, but his his hand eye coordination his reactions his you know his thought process everything that he does is is top uh, top level
0: and obviously it's been, uh, speaking of top level, I mean, the, the, the exposure it's brought, not just to, to, to Guildford, but also to the sport of ice hockey more generally. I mean, it has been um, hidden away from, from a lot of media outlets in this country now for, for a number of years. And, and it's certainly given it a, a shot in the arm. I mean, what what have you made of the media exposure over the past seven days or so?
4: To be honest, it's been absolutely brilliant. I, like, you know, I knew once we signed Petter and it was going to go out. And I, I just said, you know, and everyone at Guildford said, I just hope this, you know, kickstarts, the the rest of the of British ice hockey, you know, because obviously, like our, our men's team stayed in, our men's national team stayed in, you know, pool A this year, and I think, you know, I think that went underneath the radar a little bit in terms of media, you know, staying that in that pool with, you know, them playing against NHL players, you know, hopefully now going forward, people will understand what we're trying to do here in England, and you know, maybe maybe it's a kickstart that we
0: needed. Yes, absolutely. And uh, for 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 the Phoenix, I mean, you touched upon it being, you know, the 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 other team in, in Guildford. Obviously, we we cover the flame a lot here on the show, but, but Guildford Phoenix. Um, just give us a bit of an idea about about the scale of the club, because there are a fair few junior sides and uh, a conveyor belt being developed there in Surrey.
4: Yeah, you know, I think uh, we've, we've quietly gone about our business for many years. Um, we've got, you know, teams in 9s, 11s, 13s, 15s, 18s, uh, ladies and Phoenix. So obviously, we've got a team in every single age group. Um, you know, we've got great numbers. We've got great coaching staff. And uh, one of the biggest things at Guildford is we've got great uh, volunteers and, and managers and committee members who all buy in and chip in. To the process that we are trying to do at Guildford.
0: I mean, how important is um because obviously uh, on, on this show, I mean, we've only been going about six weeks or so, but I do think it's important to to highlight a lot of the work that's going on uh, b- below the elite ice hockey league. I mean, this it's it's so important, isn't it, for the development of the game in this country? Uh, the activities that clubs like, like like the Phoenix are doing.
4: I think you know, in previous years, obviously, you know, people have said, "Oh, why have Guildford never had a, a second team?" Or you know, what, what you know, why is there no gap between you know senior sorry junior and senior hockey um in in many clubs you know obviously we are quite limited to ice time not just us you know across across the whole of the UK you know ice time is obviously very precious so at Guildford you know we we had an under 20s team and as a club we decided that you know going forward maybe to bridge the gap between senior hockey uh would be to uh, remove the 20s team and put the senior team in obviously and it's just proved a huge success in the last two seasons. But yeah, no, behind the scenes, you know, we're all trying to, you know, the whole purpose of the Phoenix team is to allow players to continue hockey after under-18s, which I think is the biggest thing that we need to address, not just the our club, but, you know, other clubs are doing it as well now, which is fantastic.
0: I mean, we had uh, Lucas on, uh, L- Lucas Smittel last week, speaking of Czech players uh, from, from the Slough Jets, and we're, and we're talking about this development of the game because uh, the, the elite league is, is going from strength to strength, it would appear. with Beneath that, we've had uh, a, a restructure recently. Um, it's going to take time, but um, all the pieces are there, it feels like, for, for developing these pathways for, for junior players and, and getting and playing uh, a good standard of adult ice hockey as well.
4: Yeah, no, definitely. I think what's happened this year is is definitely a step in the right direction. I mean, don't get me wrong, the last two years have been great as well because even even the NIHL two was very competitive, you know, and, you know, in previous years, you know, it's always been, you've either had one or two good teams, but like last year, obviously, Slough doing what they did was an absolute credit to them, you know, and then obviously with the National League coming in and other teams jumping in, like the Leeds, Leeds Chiefs, and obviously Romford coming back, and, you know, I, I believe it. That where we are right now is a very good good place to be in British ice hockey. But I think that the development purposes is it's not necessarily you know even if players don't step up into their senior teams, you know if their senior teams around that players can jump into, it still means they're continuing and you know we're still producing players for the GB product.
0: Yes, absolutely. And uh, this weekend, I uh, it's back to uh, league matters for yourselves. It's a away trip to to Bristol. Bristol have had a uh, uh, one win from the opening five. <laughs> what, what are you expecting this weekend?
4: To be honest, going back to the weekend, just gone, like you know, I take my hat off to Swindon and and full credit to what they're doing in the uh, in the Wildcat organization and the junior team as well. I had no idea what that game was going to bring. Um, and full credit to them, you know, they skated well. And they're a very, very good outfit. But like with Bristol, they pushed us in our opening game. We kept going, you know, we never gave up. But we, in this league, I don't think we worry too much about what the other team are doing. I, as a coach, am very focused on if we stick to our process, you know, and we and we follow what as the coaching team want us to do. As long as our players are doing that, I know we'll be successful this year. But going back to the game, I think it would be a intense game. I think, you know, obviously after the first game of Petter playing, It'll be, you know, a lot of attention. But I think, you know, it'll be a good competitive game. But we just need to keep going in as uh, as business as usual.
0: Andy Hemming there from the Guildford Phoenix speaking to us here on the British Ice Hockey Podcast. And uh, give give the Guildford Phoenix a follow on Twitter if you've not already done so. That's at gford underscore Phoenix uh, but uh, Guilford Phoenix there generating a lot of publicity for the sports of ice hockey and especially the British game uh, last week uh, but from Southwest 2 now to the National Division of the National Ice Hockey League and a big congratulations to the Leeds Chiefs their first ever victory as they beat the London Raiders on Sunday by four goals to nil and joining me now down the other end of the phone we should be joined uh, by the welcome return of player head coach from the Leeds Chiefs it's a big welcome back to Sam Zajac.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me. Um Sunday was a fantastic team performance. Um I think all the guys really bought into what we've been trying to kind of preach them uh, the last few weeks and Everyone gave 100% it's a good it's a good london team that we played down there it's it's a tough rink to win in so uh, there was definitely a lot of positives and a great result at the end of it
0: now uh, obviously we spoke at the start of the season and, and you were under no illusions about about the challenges uh, that that Leeds were going to face that it's like a bit like a fish out of water really in, in a lot of ways it's uh, a trip into the unknown uh, but it, it it must feel good to get that first victory under your belts
2: yeah it does um, obviously the kind of well documented some of the, the challenges we've had, uh, not so less than probably the obviously delays to the, the rink there on Allen Road. Um, but the, the guys have responded really positively to all the challenges and uh, maybe kind of used that as motivation. Um, and, and I think in all the games we've played so far, we've been kind of there or thereabouts. So to finally get over the line on Sunday was uh, it was probably a big relief to a lot of guys, maybe a weight off the shoulder
0: and when uh, when it comes to the competition more generally i mean you mentioned that the quality of the raiders there but uh, as as the division um, i mean like like we said we we spoke about it at the start of the year but as as the division met your expectations about how the quality that's that's uh, that Leeds finds itself facing every week
2: yeah i think the probably the biggest uh, compliment you can make on the new league is just how competitive it is uh, from the top all the way at the bottom Um, We kind of, you know, we feel like we've been in every game and we've played some really good teams. Um, And you you look at the the scores around the league, maybe as we finish a game, you'll kind of get on your phone and look what else is happening around the league and you just can't guess what's going to happen. So I think that's, uh, that's fantastic for the league and for the sport as a whole in this country.
0: And uh, the club more generally, I mean, we saw, uh, I think, with the, the Sheffield match, there was a, a decent travelling support there. That that's for sure. Um, apart apart from the, the rink situation, which we'll get to in a second, um, it does look like the club's going quite nicely.
2: Yeah, I think fans wise, um, we were probably quite taken aback that first game. I think it was between three and four hundred uh, made the trip trip to Sheffield, and the guys all kind of commented in the room afterwards that they were uh, they were shocked how many there were there and how vocal they were and uh, how passionate they all seemed to be. So, obviously, it kind of maybe is a step under the unknown with there not being um, ice hockey in, in the City of Leeds in the past. So, I think all the signs are there that it's going to really take off once we get in that building.
0: Now, uh, what's um, obviously, there's been a press release with regards to um, home games that are going to be played at alternative rinks um, in, in November. When when are we looking at um, the, the Planet Ice Leeds opening up?
2: Uh, I believe the revised date at the minute is... Uh, I think the first game would be it's early December, maybe the third against uh, Milton Keynes. So there's the the four games that were scheduled to be at home in November have obviously all been moved to uh, either Blackburn or Witness.
0: I was going to say though, I bet you, I bet you can't wait really to get in there because that that that's the complete the jigsaw puzzle off quite nicely. I think for yourself.
2: Yeah, I think uh, for the guys, the main thing we're looking for obviously is getting that extra ice to, to be able to practice on. Because um, at the minute we've only got the the one session a week, um, which is. It's on a Wednesday night over in Blackburn. So it's, it's quite a struggle for guys to get over there because at this level, everyone works and it's kind of balancing work and the game. Um, so I think from our point of view, we're really looking forward to getting in there, being able to practice and maybe seeing it as being on a level with with some of the other teams in the league who are on the ice two or three times as opposed to just the one that we are.
0: Uh, two matches on the road uh, then this weekend. Uh, Swindon uh, on Saturday, uh, a Yorkshire derby on Sunday against Hull. Firstly, the Swindon match. Um, it, it would be good, wouldn't it, Sam, to have back-to-back victories, but uh, it's, it's a tough one, this one, against Swindon.
2: Yeah, obviously, we're hoping to you know, build on the momentum that we got from that first win on Sunday, um, but we're under no illusions that Swindon are a very strong team. Um, they've had success at you know, this level, albeit obviously in the north and south, as it was last year. Um They've won the league, they've won a couple of playoffs and, uh, and cups and stuff, and they've got some really, really good players there. Um, but I, I spent a little bit of time there, and you know, they're a very well-run club, um, but I think we're kind of starting to see um, the, the maybe green shoots that we're, we're not too far away from, from teams like that, um, and and going through the week, the way we've been preparing, you know, we've we've kind of had an eye on both fixtures. But obviously, uh, Saturday in Swindon is going to be a, a tough test for us. But I think uh, that the guys we've got in the room are more, more than up to the challenge.
0: Hold on Sunday as well. Uh, a, a, another potential local derby there, like the, like the Sheffield game. In a way, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's it could be the start of a beautiful friendship. <laughs> with,
2: with <Hull. laughs> yeah, it definitely could. I mean, uh, a lot of our players and a lot of their players are all kind of very familiar with each other. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if it was quite a feisty affair um, although obviously on a as we speak they're on a four game losing streak that obviously might change tomorrow by the time we get to play them um, but they're a team that uh, they're expecting to be at the, the top end of the table so they'll probably be a little disappointed with the way they've started um, I, I know they've, they've had some key guys injured and banned and stuff so It'd be interesting to see if they're back in the lineup uh, by the time we play them. But yeah, it's going to be another tough game. They're a very uh, talented off- offensive team, probably the best team offensively in the whole league. So uh, both games, I think this week, we'll have our work out for them. We'll have to be at our best to get anything from them.
0: And uh, and uh, finally, there, Sammy, you enjoying it? Yeah, no, a lot of this is obviously new to me,
2: um, and knew a lot of the guys that are in Leeds. Um, but, yeah, there's, there's been a lot of challenges, but I'm, I'm really proud of the guys in the way that they've all kind of responded to the, the setbacks and stuff that we've had. Um, so, yeah, I've got an immense amount of pride in, in what we're doing in Leeds and uh, looking to see a and grow.
0: Sam Zajac there, player head coach at the Leeds Chiefs, speaking to us here. On the British Ice Hockey Podcast. And uh, from the north of England, we travel now down south to south one of the National Ice Hockey League. And the Chelmsford Chieftains, who had a cracking weekend last weekend with two victories. Uh, Firstly, they beat the Bratton Hornets on Saturday by six goals to three. And then back in Chelmsford, they beat the Bratton Hornets on Sunday once again. But this time by four goals to two. That sees Chelmsford move up to third position in south one. And on Thursday, I caught up with head coach at the Chieftains. Here's Joe Wilson. Uh, so, Joe, a big thank you for joining us. And, uh, well, last season was obviously a great season for Chelmsford. Started off pretty good this season as well. Uh, two great results last week. And uh, How's the start to the season been?
5: Yeah, it's been a great start. Obviously, we've dropped a few points that we didn't want to. But overall, I'm happy with the performance. And I think we've kind of picked up from where we left off last year, straight off the bat, winning games important games as well. It's going to be a tough, looks like it's going to be a tough uh, league this year. So winning winning as many games as you can, especially early doors, is it's pleasing and really good to see. It's a good start for us.
0: And obviously, I mean, like you touched upon there, I mean, it is a, it looks like a very strong uh, division this season. Uh, obviously, Streatham started off very, very well. Uh, we heard from Slough Jets on, on last week's show. So, uh, to be third at this stage of the season, is is it, is it tracking versus your own expectations? Yeah,
5: definitely. I mean, it's such an up-and-down league. I mean, we we speak all the time about how... One week a team might, let's say Slough. Slough's perfect example. Slough beat us last week, and then they lost to Invicta, a team they've beaten in pre-season and in the regular season. So you just can't write it at the minute, and it's uh, that's what I think that's what makes it so exciting, really, that it's so up and down. You never know who's going to come out victorious. There's no pure favourites.
0: Yes, absolutely. And uh, obviously, like I touched upon at the start, I mean, it was a great season last year. I mean, how do you, how do you continue that? How was, how was uh, pre-season and, and, rec- and uh, recruiting la- over over the close season?
5: Yeah, good. I'm happy with what, what I recruited. I think nearly enough every player that I recruited is what I got. And I think we looked at the league and knew the league was going to be stronger. So we made a team that has won championships there's one Championships for Chelmsford and you ask how I always get asked how we rectify last year how we make last year even better and actually win more trophies we only won one last year and there's three up for grabs this year
0: just give us a flavour of, of the, the types of games we're, we're talking about here when we when we talk about, um, you know, this, this level of the game in South 1 uh, because obviously, like we touched upon, you know, in Victor, Streatham, Slough, uh, the, the likes of uh, Milton Keynes Funder and, and that kind of thing, it looks like a broad mix of, of competition.
5: Yeah, really good mix. When we played Bracknell back-to-back and both games were completely end-to-end hockey, good standard of hockey and, the crowd levels probably didn't justify the actual standard that it was, but that's that's the division that we're in. And both myself and their coach got together at the end of each and Was like, wow, it's just a great great game of hockey, and it's almost sad to see a loser in a game like that. But it has to be. And fortunately, we were the winners.
0: Yes, absolutely. And uh, how, how's how is life at, at Chelmsford Cheaters? Because obviously, you know, it's a, it's a club that's been around for for a fairly long time now. I mean, uh, what, what's what's the atmosphere like at the club heading into this season?
5: Yeah, good atmosphere. Obviously, being back at the Riverside is a massive boost. Last year was tough, travelling to Lee Valley for training and games. But being back and having a lot of the uh, the old guard back together, so former Chieftain players that have, have gone to higher leagues and then come back to us, it's, it's a good atmosphere to have, especially in the room and around the rink. And I think that's showing on the ice because we're winning games.
0: And, and you're getting much mileage as well with with the, 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 the public at, at large as well. I mean, it, it must be good for, for them, you know, the fans, that they don't have to travel that far anymore.
5: Completely, yeah. I mean, crowd numbers have have gone up. But we had a great support when we went to Lee Valley. I mean, the fans were absolutely unreal. They came with us. They travel with us on away games. We took a coach to Solent right at the start of the year. And, you know, our fans follow us everywhere. And I can't thank them enough because there's games where we're at we're at games, and I think with the home
0: team because you know that noise they're making. And and Joe, obviously, uh, we had uh, Lucas Mittel on last week, and he, he's a player head coach, and you know he's he's in his forties. But you could be. Uh, uh, do you reckon you're the youngest senior head coach in, in, the, in the in the in the in the British structure at the moment? Do you think? I mean, I'm not playing, um, Hopefully,
5: I'm not. I don't think in the British structure. I think I am in in the South One. I'm not sure, but I think I might be in the South One. Yeah.
0: How did you get involved in in being a head coach then? At such a, you're in your mid-20s. I mean, how, how did you get involved in head uh, coaching?
5: Uh, coaching is something I've always wanted to do even when I was like younger and still playing. Um, so I was very fortunate enough to actually um, be invited on to David Clark's hockey camps and be part of one of the coaches on there. And from there, I obviously got talking to the likes of Corey Nelson, Pete Russell and David Clark and actually end up going out with the Nottingham Panthers to sort of monitor how they do and almost learn my trade through Corey and through David when he was the assistant coach there and from that I just kind of like realised my love for it and I always enjoyed playing, always you know enjoyed the banter in the room with the boys but always had that more focus on coaching and so when the opportunity came up, firstly in peace to be an assistant coach, I jumped at the chance and was sort of like I didn't want to have the mix of playing and coaching so I decided that I'd, I'd take a step back from playing and go into the coaching and then the position came up in, in Chelmsford and it's been my second year there now.
0: Yeah, oh, brilliant stuff. And uh, like we touched upon in the interview, more generally, I mean, you've certainly touched it well, that's that's for sure. Yeah, definitely.
5: I enjoy it. And I think the almost upbringing that I had with it, being around professionals like David and Corey and other people, working with closely with them and just sort of gaining advice and tips from them has really helped come on with my development.
0: And uh, what's, your, what's your target for this season? Obviously, back in action, not this weekend, uh, but the weekend after uh, against the, the Cardiff Fire uh, 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 away from home. Um, what What's your expectations for, for, for what you can achieve this year? I mean, you touched upon, you know, you'd like to win as much silverware as you can. It's going to be tough, but, um, you know, it, it's uh, what's, your, what's your expectations for what you can do this year, do you feel?
5: I think we can do as, as much as we want to do. There's only certain people that's going to stop us, and that's the people that are in the room, that's ourselves. The same as last year, what we set out last year was we set out to win Silverware and we said we're just going to take each game as it comes. We're not going to look at who we've got in two weeks' time or who we're playing next month, who we're playing that weekend, that night, and focus on what we're doing. As long as we're doing the right things and on each night we're the better team, then results will come, points will come, and, and Silverware will come from that.
0: Joe Wilson there, head coach of the Chelmford Chieftains, joining us here on the British Ice Hockey Podcast. And, uh, well, that's nearly it for this week's British Ice Hockey Podcast. But just before we go, throughout the first month of this show's existence, we've been talking about player development and uh, growing the game and how that impacts on the international game through the great British team. And for more now on the British team, for both men's and women's, as well as some junior developments as well, on Friday afternoon, I caught up with Media Man at Ice Hockey UK. Here's Chris Ellis.
1: Uh, well, it's really exciting, really, for for Great Britain because they're really in the sort of planning stages now for the for the upcoming tournaments and. All the age group levels will go to world championships. That's men and women, under-20s men, under-18s men, under-18s women. Then you've got the under-16s men who, while they won't be going to an official world championship, they'll be going abroad to play in an international tournament. And, of course, the under-18 women as well. There's been a sort of a a merry-go-round of uh, Different venues for this four-team international tournament started off in Sheffield. It went around a number of different places. There was four teams involved. I'm sure we'll talk more about that later, but it's coming back to the UK uh, this year. Uh, That's taking place in Dumfries in November. Uh, So there's loads of preparation. Most of the age groups have had camps. Even this week, the GB under-18s and the GB under-16s had a camp in Ice Sheffield. The women had a camp last weekend as well in Sheffield. So this is very much the camp stage where most of the squads will be quite large. And obviously, those rosters will get whittled down closer to when their tournaments take place because the international season really runs from January. That's really sometimes late in December. But then mostly from January to May time is when you see the international double age of tournaments and all the age groups are planning for those dates.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I'm imagining everyone's got a spring on their step as well, because obviously we've been talking about how well the British team's been doing in recent years, especially at the men's level. I mean, it's it's really has given a shot in the arm for the sport recently.
1: Yeah, and you'd like to think that what the men did would be an inspiration to, to those youngsters that are now going to try and push through and, and get GB 18s. Obviously, the 18s and 20s will be looking to get a medal at their respective World Championship and, of course, maybe promotion as well, which would be absolutely fantastic for them. So they can take a lot of inspiration, not just last year, but what Great Britain did on home ice in, in Belfast in 2017, where they won five games and won the gold medal to go up to the second tier, the drama of... Of course, we all know about in Hungary where they scored with 10 seconds to go to get that point in regulation to then ultimately go on to the top flight and then just rubbing shoulders and and not embarrassing themselves by any stretch of the imagination. And then when they really had to get the business done against France, of course, coming from 3-0 down to win that game in overtime. I mean, that can, that's going to be an inspiration for anyone connected with ice hockey. Uh, and it's, it's, it's fantastic. The women as well, they've constantly meddled over the last five years. They get so close, just not been able to get over the line with a gold medal. So they'll be looking to go to Spain this season, uh, take place in, in, in March, April time in Spain to try and get promotion to the first division. So they're really exciting times, you know, not just for the men. But for
0: the women and at the all junior age groups. Yes, uh, let's let's uh, focus on the on the women's side of things um, because obviously I think you touched upon it. The 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 tournaments that that are coming up, uh, especially the under 18s uh, tournament that's happening in in Dumfries uh, in in the month of November. Um, Cheryl Smith there, ve- very infused with with what she's seeing and the women's game's developing quite nicely.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, domestically the, the women's game is is ticking along really well. What's been great for the, for the women's program, and I'll touch more about the women than the 18s just for a moment, is last year the, an EIHA Ice Hockey UK sort of worked together, uh, led by Jeff Hemmerman, Jackie Pye, and, and Cheryl Smith, to basically get the women playing games in a league rather than having camps. And that's why the EIHA Under-20s Cup was set up. And it wasn't about the results because the women, I think they won one of their matches. Sometimes they may have been on the wrong end of a a heavy scoreline, but they were getting tough matches, and they were getting great preparation for the World Championship. So that's going to take place again, the uh, under-20s Cup for the women. And another thing that's great for the under-18 women is that they'll be getting ready for their World Championship in January, and, and you just touched on it there about the Dumfries tournament the the women are going to be in poland at the world championship from the 3rd of jan to the ninth of jan but before that they take part in a four team international tournament which i mentioned slightly earlier it's poland and Spain and Iceland this year the first year that Iceland been invited it won't be the under 18 Iceland team it'll be their senior women team but what's great for the coaches with that is there'll be quite a few girls who are coming into the under 18 program who have never had international tournament experience before that only have played probably in the domestic league here in the UK so to get them playing three games of international ice hockey before they go to the world championship in January is crucial and I know Cheryl Smith in previous years has said it's, it's So great to see, you know, there might be some real tough moments in the tournament in Dumfries but it's good to get them in then maybe when the pressure isn't on so much so by the time they get to the world championship in January they know what international hockey is all about and it is so different to playing at a domestic level so this tournament's fantastic it's great for Dumfries in the UK to be hosting a, an international tournament and that takes place in November so there's so many reasons why why that tournament is a good thing for the UK
0: Yes absolutely that's at the Dumfries Ice Bowl we should say uh, Friday um... To Sunday at the eighth yep. to the tenth of November. So if you're in that Dumfries area, get yourself down there. Uh, and speaking of of uh, tickets and uh, matches, uh, we should say the the Olympic qualifiers are also uh, coming into into focus soon as well in in early 2020. Um, so how how busy the moment, Chris? We should say that you you must have news and and interviews coming out your ears at the moment.
1: Well, well, absolutely. It's it's a, it's a really busy time, and I'm actually involved in the uh, organising committee for the tournament in in nottingham very exciting because it was only a couple of years ago that we had a world championship in belfast and and that was a a wonderful occasion and something to be to be It's great to be part of. And now GB are hosting an Olympic qualifiers. If they can get through this stage, they'll be at the final stage to qualify for the uh, Winter Olympics in 2022. I mean, 2,500 tickets were sold just on the first day of tickets going on sale a few weeks ago now for the tournament at the Motor Point Arena. And that just shows the interest there. Just looking at, at social media as well, you can tell every time you put a post out over on Facebook or on Twitter, there's interest there. Quite often if you have some sort of game or tournament, you put it out a couple of times and you can see that the interest starts to maybe take a, a slight dive, but but not on this occasion. The, the interest, every time there's a post, you could tell people, you know, are, are interested in going, and look, we're, we're away now, what? November, December, we're four months away from, from the tournament and ticket sales are very healthy indeed. It's going to be something fantastic, not just to have some great teams Hungary and Estonia than a qualifier from the previous round. But the fact it's a Olympic qualifiers, and, and in my job, obviously the World Championship is the biggest exposure that I've known for for Great Britain. But, you know, the, the Olympic word really gets interest from fans, supporters and the media because a chance at the Olympic Games is the carrot there that's dangled in front of Great Britain. I remember when we went a few years ago, GB got to the final Olympic qualifiers. They'd won in Japan. Uh, I mean we're talking seven plus years ago and then they went to Latvia they went to Riga so if they'd won that they, the tournament the 14 tournament they would have gone to the Olympic Games they, they lost three games it, you know it was a massive ask for them but the interest in the media in the UK was, was one of the highest I'd, I'd ever known and, and the Olympic works special no matter what sport you're in so so I think the media interest you know, already there's interest in the tournament I think it's only going to increase the closer we get and if they could win this section get through to the final section which i think is in august 2020 you know the the exposure because i mean it's 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 all about winning of course that that's what you want the team to do but the more they win the more they they put in these performances the more they get noticed on the hockey map not just in the uk but around the world
0: yeah, absolutely, and uh, like we touched upon, um, Ice dot co dot uk, we should say, is where the tickets are on sale on, on that website uh, via uh, Multi Point Arena Nottingham dot com. Uh, those matches in Group J. Of the uh, Olympic uh, pre-qualification round taking place on Thursday uh, to Sunday, the sixth uh, to ninth of February. So get down there. But it, it, like like we said um, on on the website itself, you you, you touched upon the training camps at, at junior level and that kind of thing. It's all heading in the right direction, this isn't it, and looking very very healthy for the future.
1: Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, the, the GB men are in the best position they've they've been that I've ever known. Um, obviously GB had been in the, the top flight before uh, way before any of the, any of us were born in, in 1936, they won the, the gold medal at the Olympics. Uh, clearly that aim is uh, maybe just a little bit as at our reach, but as Pete Russell always has said, dare to dream, you know? So yeah, but in, in, in the modern era for probably want of a, a better phrase, they're in the best spot they've ever been. The men under head coach, Pete Russell with his great assistants, Corey Nielsen and, uh, also uh, Adam Keefe, and then Andy Buxton, the general manager. There's a solid team around, a great uh, group of players uh, for the men. Uh, And then the women headed up by Cheryl Smith. You know, there's been some changes in the junior section. Tony Hand and and David Hand and the GB program board have recently just made a few tweaks to that with some departures and some new arrivals. But, you know, I I think everyone feels there's some, some real good new faces in this GB program in terms of coaching, along with some people that have been there for a long time. And you know, you, you speak to people that go to the camp. Only this week I was speaking to a, a couple of people who are at the under-16s and under-18s camps in Ice in Sheffield. And the amount of talent that's on show. And you only need to look, you know, if you pick up on some of the names, some of these players, you know, are, they're playing in, in North America now. You know, they've, they've gone and, and tried that route where they, they go to these colleges and they go to these hockey schools in, in North America. And they're making their own inroads. Whether it be in North America or across Europe, uh, and they're being talked about, and obviously no more so than, than Liam Kirk, who's who's really an exciting part of his journey. So, I really think that the Great Britain program at all levels is, is in the best position it's been for a long, long time.
0: Media man at Ice Hockey UK, Chris Ellis there, speaking to us here on the British Ice Hockey podcast. And that's it for this week's British Ice Hockey podcast. A big thank you to all my guests this week for joining me. Remember, for all the latest goings on from the world of British Ice Hockey, you can visit the website, britishicehockey.co.uk. But I've been Ben, and wherever you're going this weekend to cheer on your British Ice Hockey side, make sure that you have fun. Bye-bye.